Fight for the whole person. Black star. Life is a cold verse. Fight for the whole person. Cause life yes, is a cold verse. Yes, it is. Fight for the whole person. Cause life is a cold Mathematics is still in the hour of chaos and God, power, love. Top of the tower of Babylon. Great, great, still gating, elevate above all hate and all things. Grace, enthusiasm, sincerity, passion. Known through the classes and masses. Massive, transatlantic, maverick, true and living Asiatic. The organic masters, the cream of the planet. The planet, sovereigns, my Welcome, everybody, to Jeff versus the World presents the I'm Not Dave Wrestling Podcast, episode number two. And on this episode, I got the homie, uh, one of my favorite podcasters and uh, and friend, uh, Rich Fan. How's it going, Rich? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Looking forward to chatting with you. I'm happy to be on. I'm not Dave. I actually used it last night when I was talking to Travis to explain to him what the significance of story time with Jeff that led to I'm not Dave. So that, it was perfect timing. Yeah. Um. Before we get started, let's 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 tell everybody what it is that you do and how they can find you on social media and all that good stuff. Yeah, sure. So I contribute uh, to the PW Torch Pro Wrestling Torch over 30 years. Uh, one of the best uh, places you can get for wrestling news. So PWTorch.com uh, or at PW Torch on Twitter. Uh, I do the deep dive with Rich Fan every Saturday, 6 p.m. Eastern. Typically it's live. Sometimes it's taped, depending on how blog talk treats us. Uh, I try to dive for an hour into a subject of my choice. I usually have guests. Sometimes I do it solo dolo, but for the most part, it's fun. And it's me getting the nerd out on a specific area that I like in wrestling. And then on Wednesdays, I do the VIP portion of the East Coast cast with Travis Bryan, who's my host and uh, curmudgeon and resident antagonist. So we usually argue and yell and scream, but it's all love and it's all good. And uh, if you want to participate in any of that, you could always go to EastCoastCast.com. Personally, if you ever want to chat with me, I'm open to talk anything life, universe, wrestling, sports, uh, at rich underscore fan, F-A-N-N, two N's. And uh, I think that is it. All right. You know, this will be a peaceful podcast, even though uh, you beat my fantasy team. Uh, I Listen, I wasn't going to bring it up. Still, I didn't want to do it as a host. <laughs> I didn't bring up the score either. I wasn't going to bring up the score. I mean, I, I just, you know, I've been Brock Lesnar in the league. You got me out of retirement for fantasy football. You know, and the, people have been catching L's. The bad thing about it is, I think I think I told you two or two days or maybe three days or maybe the day before I said, oh, make sure you look and see how the points go. And I was like, that's, a, that's exactly what he did. He looked at yep. how people were going to score the points and everything. You are the first person. Yeah, you are the first person to actually come in the league and pretty much bully the league like this. Well, I mean, I had to do it. I learned by watching Shahid. If there's anybody who's going to learn to bully. Oh, boy. That's a whole can of worms right there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we're going to talk wrestling, and I guess I want to start, unfortunately, I want to start with the Kofi Kingston and Brock Lesnar um, ending in that match. And I've heard a lot of people talking on social media about, you know, Kofi deserved better, and and it made me go back and think because me and Brandon from Wasso Series had the conversation on the first episode, and 
he brought up a good point to me and he said think about the long gap we had from rock to Kofi. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people of color felt a certain type of way about how he lost. Yeah. And they couldn't really come out and say what they felt. But to me, it felt like it was that because, you know, I understand we got Keith Lee, we got Velveteen Dream, we got the Street Profits. But the way that WWE is structured right now, um, having Vince McMahon still, you know, really running things, it's a nervous and it's like an unnerving feeling of you don't know when the next per, you know, champion of color that we'll see again. And I think I, I think that's what a lot of people were feeling. I mean, I think we all knew, or I'm going to say the majority of us had an idea that Brock was going to win the belt back. And, you know, it's going on Fox, and that was just going to be it. But I think we just expected more from the match because the end of the match brought us right back to look how hard it was for them to even book him in the match. They made it difficult there. Yeah. So... I just want to get your, you know, how how do you feel about it? Because, you know, I, I really didn't even hear you really talk about it too much. So how do you feel about how they ended Kofi's uh, title reign and just, you know, the feeling of we do have great prospects, great people who could be, end up 10 years from now, five years from now, seven years from now being WWE champions. But how, how do you feel about all that? Well, I, I think – a lot of it, and you know, I saw Lance Storm, a wrestler I greatly admire, and he's one of my favorite wrestlers that people don't give enough credit to say, if you were mad about Kofi Kingston, you should have been mad when Goldberg beat Brock the same way. And I, I think it's totally different because when Goldberg beat Brock Lesnar, there was a modus operandi at WWE that said, Brock's going to get his. It's probably going to be at Mania. In the case of Kofi, not only do we see him get summarily brushed to the side in seven seconds, he basically had to book it, roll out of the ring, and make way for the next opponent by way of Rey Mysterio and Cain Velasquez, which compounds things. Like you mentioned, we don't know when Vince is going to have his next black champion, but there's also this weird game that gets played, and I mentioned that when I did Matt Coon's show, Total Engagement. You have you are also playing wrestlers of color against each other because Cain Velasquez, you get a good, you know, in any other situation, a dude with a tattoo that says brown pride storming down the ring to face Brock Lesnar and demand a fight is going to be really hype for me. But it's at the expense of Kofi. Whereas when we watch a lot of white wrestlers, we never see like Dolph Ziggler doesn't have to make way for the Miz. Like they both can eat. But. It seems like with the black wrestlers at the top of the card or brown wrestlers or wrestlers of color in general, you only get one and everybody else has to be a couple of rungs down. Like you don't see Kofi as champ and then Big E win in a tournament and be a number one contender and they can shake it. Like I, I see that all the time in New Japan. You'll have like LIJ members wrestling each other mm-hmm. for, for a title shot or for a title. But here in the WWE, the biggest national company in the United States, in the world, we always have to get the scraps. And that's not – it's not a very good feeling. And I think a lot of people – this is where you know Cam and I will disagree because you know for me, I like how AEW has diversity across their roster, period. Their male roster sucks for diversity. They got to work on their black men in particular. But at least when I look at tag teams, when I look at women, I look at the way they treat tag teams and women. It's three equal pieces. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah. With WWE, I had a guest on last week. And she was highlighting how so much of the stuff, I never even thought about it as a guy. But when we think of WWE, like, I'm thinking of it as a black man and not seeing my own. But then she's like, as a woman, every title is WWE title, intercontinental title, U.S. title, cruiserweight title. Every women's title has to get the women's moniker put in front of it. So that's already saying that this is our side title. And so when she was like, I grew up and I watched China win the intercontinental title. I wanted to see more women go for the intercontinental title. It's like, well, that's a men's title. You have to have a women's intercontinental title. And this woman wrote Jackie Pratt a dissertation on how, you know, she loves uh, Candice Array because Candice had that tag match with the Young Bucks where she won tag titles. It wasn't the men's tag titles. It wasn't the women's. She won with Joey Ryan the PWG tag titles and beat them and she was the face in peril covered in blood mm-hmm. and she wasn't treating treated like oh my god she's a she's a wilting flower she took she ate a super kick with thumbtacks to the head and came up and she was a bloody mess and so when you look at the black wrestlers when I look at Brock and I look at all the stuff we, we just talked about mm-hmm. and then I got to see Kofi take that loss and then all he's gonna be doing is giving promos about how he's gonna try to give it back that that's it, it hurts, man. It hurts. Yeah, it's not a uh, just. I just think how I felt at WrestleMania seeing him win, even though mm-hmm. you know, like I said, just getting to the point of it was like uh, it was just painful. But we got there. Then having him win, and then for it just to end, just so like, it just made me feel like this is what Vince McMahon felt all along. Oh no, you know, get out the ring. You're not important anymore. Like I'm hoping. Yeah. I'm still crossing my fingers like there's a next chapter to his story, whether it be on Raw or SmackDown. They they just, just they don't just put him back into mid card or you know tag tag team in for the tag titles because I feel like and I'm I'm not sure how you feel. I feel like that he's earned a spot at the main event table now, where we can see Kofi main event or uh, a Raw or SmackDown or you know or a pay per view, even though we didn't get it a lot as his title reign. I feel like he showed what he can do and he had some great matches. He had some good matches. Uh, was it a perfect um, championship reign? No, because I don't think nobody has a you know a perfect championship reign. You may have some of your yeah. hiccups or you may have certain matches that just didn't click with the crowd or whatever it may be. But I thought he did a nice job being WWE world champion. I agree. And the thing I'm annoyed by as I look at this and as this develops is the idea that Kofi's going to have to go, like, being completely pragmatic about it, being frank, I think when they do the draft on Friday, he's going to wind up, New Day's going to wind up on Raw. And that, again, shows me you were okay with him being your B-team champ, but when you need to put the eyes on Fox, you felt like he wasn't what you wanted. And, you know, we saw the people... You know, Brad Shepard and his ill putting up the meme of thank you for your service as SmackDown champion. And he's the only one in the middle. They have not you. And when you look at some of, you know, I had somebody on Twitter mentions like I can think of five mid Randy Orton reigns. I can think I'm a Cena fan. I can think of four or five right off the rip mm-hmm. Cena reigns that I thought were booty. And you're going to tell me that Kofi was so bad that you just were embarrassed to have him as a champion on SmackDown. Like, get out of here with that, man. Yeah. And so. If he goes to Raw and he's that second, I agree with you. I think, but it, it hurts me that he's got to be the secondary. Why can't he be in that stratosphere and compete? Because I know he can do it. Yeah. 
and I've heard and I've heard the uh, the argument of well his move set and I'm just like really is that what we're going with now his move I'm just like his move set like his move set is pretty much I'm not gonna say the safest but I never hear about Kofi you know hurting anybody and I nope. I, I never you know I never see him hurt nobody in the match he looks pretty safe now you may not be a fan of his finisher but it's a finisher that he can do to everybody a kick mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like. I don't know. Um, it was just a little depressing for me. Like, even just seeing him roll out the ring and that whole thing happened, I was just like, ugh. But, like I said, hopefully this is it's a new chapter. You turn the page, and hopefully they have something for him and treat him like I think he should be treated like a main eventer. Um, we could talk about this for a little while, the ending to The Fiend and Seth Rollins' Hell in a Cell match. Uh, who, <laughs> who do you believe was uh, more damaged in that match, The Fiend or Seth Rollins? Oh, I think Seth Rollins. Because I think The Fiend, we're used to Bray getting put in situations where they can't write themselves out of it and they just make it weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's ironic that his only title reign happened when no one saw it coming and this one would have been more fitting than the one he got in the, hell in, in the, uh, the Elimination Chamber. This would have been a perfect time. Like you give them the sticks and you get out the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just think, and I kept saying it for like two weeks. I said, the fiend has to win this match. Just the way the booking was going. I was like, it's a hell in a cell match. And in my head, I'm thinking, well, there's no DQ. <laughs> and I'm like, he ain't, he's not beefing with nobody else. So the, it just you you can't have Seth pin him, and I understand what they're doing with Seth, but I was just like, no, the Fiend has to win this match, and it just went the wrong way fast. Not to mention the silly red light, but <laughs> that's yeah. a, that's a small thing compared to <laughs> what the whole thing is. And I, I I'm I'm right along with you. I think Seth is I I'm the best thing they did was not have him on TV. Cause I'm not sure what would have happened Monday if he would have came, like been there live, trying to cut a promo or come out there and talk. Yeah, I was thinking about that when I was coming home today before we started this podcast. All I could think of watching Jericho do his promo on AEW was Seth, his latest tweet, which is he's stuck with his hashtag Seth Rollins is not cool. And when he started this feud, Yowie Wowie indeed. When he said that, I was like, this is straight out like Batman 1966 <laughs> talking to Commissioner Gordon. You got to be kidding me. Oh, I, don't, mm. I just don't I just don't know how did they how did they book themselves in this situ in this situation? It was I think and this is what I told somebody after it happened. The best thing for them to do was take a take an old page from back in the day. When Hogan beat, no, excuse me, when The Undertaker beat Hogan, was it Survivor Series? Yeah, that was the uh, the Tuesday in Texas they wound up having yeah. to do it over. Yeah. Just have him, like, beat him. Whatever you do, just have him, have him win, and then just get the belt back on Seth Rollins, you know, whenever you want to. But you have to have him win at Hell in a Cell because it's just – and not to mention, The Fiend can't be pent. He can't be beat. He has powers like The Undertaker or similar because he wasn't staying down. So I'm just like, how does this 
I just don't know how this works now. Yeah, because we haven't seen a Funhouse like reacting to it. Bray, you you can't give a man eleven friggin' curb stomps, three super kicks, a pedigree, and he's kicking out at every one, and then a ref stops the match, and then you have a ref do a video where he's like, "Yeah, I was worried about his safety." It's like we wow. just saw. Think about last year. This time, we saw uh, Jeff Hardy wrestle Randy Orton, and Randy Orton was pulling with pliers at his gauges. He was pulling tools out of the toolbox and stabbing him with it, and a ref didn't stop him. Not at all. I, the, the hell in the cell just needs to be put away for a while. Yeah. <laughs> it just needs to be, hey, we're going to not do this for a couple of years because I think everybody involved took a lot of damage. But I think Seth mostly, but The Fiend did the match itself because mm-hmm. now it's like if you're going to do this, you have to do this all the time now. And then it's going to become, what's the point of having this match? Nobody stopped right. the match for Foley. Nobody stopped the match for, you know, Michaels. <laughs> like you didn't have these matches stopping, but now it's just like, okay, this is what you want to do. But I'm glad that we both seen the same thing about uh, South Rollins and hopefully they have a way to get, Work this stuff out. This is going to be interesting to see what they do um, come draft. Or maybe a problem. Maybe they do some after the draft. I'm not sure. Because you want to get far away from that as possible. Yeah. I mean, they're opening up that draft with him versus Roman. The winner gets first pick for their brand. Oh, yeah. I just forgot about that. <laughs> they just put that press release out. Which was already like, okay, so you got, you're the you're the champion of Raw. And Roman? is going to represent SmackDown? Why didn't we put the big white dude who just smoked our... Oh, I guess what, he don't. Okay. What's happening there? I, I just don't understand what's happening because I'm just like, I didn't see Cal... Because Murray. Vince is telling on himself. He's telling on himself, Jeff. Like, he's like, Roman's my guy. No offense to Roman. I think he's fine. But in an opportunity where you could just put the two champions together, he's like, no, I'm going to put the most important guy to me on SmackDown. That's Roman Reigns. <laughs> Okay, if they're trying to go to Fox and have a little more sports, I didn't see Cal Murray and Nick Bosa fighting. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like, right. I, it's what, what point is for them to fight? Like, I would look. They should look at each other like, why are we doing this again for a pick? Right. <laughs> like, no, I'm not doing this. Uh, yeah, that's or even uh, you know, look what uh, Bruce Mitchell from the Torch put up. You know, because uh, AJ Styles mentioned, uh, someone on Twitter mentioned what's going to happen if the club gets broken up. And he said, we're the mother-loving club, and we're not getting broken up, and no mother-loving way. You love your mother, so why are we getting broken up? And I was like, okay, that's that's an awkward series of statements. But then Bruce quote tweeted it and said, why don't you just say if they break try to break up the club, y'all going to show up where you want anyway, and if they try to do something, you're going to check them. Right. Like, that's what you need to do. Like, everybody's just being good little boys and girls. Like, okay, I'm going to go to SmackDown. Yes, sir. Like, and that's, that's not. Ugh. Yeah, it's not. See, and this is all this all goes back to having GMs and the whole Stephanie McMahon and Vince McMahon and the computer telling you what to do. They just had a whole bunch of stuff happen. And we're at this point now. Like, I forgot who said it. It might have been Bruce or uh I'm not sure who I heard this from. Maybe you can help me. I heard it said wrestlers are supposed to be outlaws. That's what wrestlers yeah. are supposed to be. 
they're not supposed to be listening to anybody. So if you got a group, no, we're going to do what we want to do. Well, that should be interesting, but uh, let's move on because uh, I got a lot to talk about with you on AEW. Because, uh, well, first and foremost, how much, or I should say, how much wrestling have you been taking in uh, the last two weeks now? Well, I mean, I've been trying to, so I do self-care. So last week I took in AEW, Raw, SmackDown, and then that was it. Okay. Uh, this week, uh, I, I just watched NWA yesterday. Really, uh, really good too. Yeah, I took an hour of Raw, um, all of AEW. Well, last week NXT as well. Uh, all of AEW, some of NXT, and then tonight I'll be watching Beyond, uh, and then uh, tomorrow I'll watch SmackDown after I get back from going to see uh, Gemini Man. Oh. And uh, I think that I think that'll do it for me because it's like I'm trying not to watch it all because I can't. I can't. Okay, so we we're both seeing the same thing. Um, so from just we could just talk about AEW right now after week two. How do you feel yeah. about uh, week two AEW? I liked it. I thought that they did a good job. I, I from the moment they projected the match was going to be happening in Boston, and the moment I got to sit down and talk with them at uh, Starcast, mm-hmm. I was calling the uh, private party was going to be Young Bucks. And I was happy to see it happen because it's easy. I, I disagree with Dave Meltzer. And, you know, that's why I enjoyed being on for this. Cause it's like, you're not Dave. Well, it's like, I'm not Dave either, but I'm definitely not Dave in this regard. Cause he argued up and down. This was a time the young bucks of stars, keep them as stars. And I see them as their legacy act. Like Cam was mentioning, even though he roots for the Usos, I get the Usos. I love the Usos, but I, I think the young bucks, especially in the last 10 years, one of the best tag teams in wrestling. And you take that and you take a black tag team from Brooklyn with a 22, 23 year old and you went to sign them first as your first tag team into AEW and you give them the sticks. That says a lot to me. And I think I don't think, you know, while I don't think private party is going to win the tag team titles off the rip, I think they might go with another heel team like the Dark Order or something like that mm-hmm. uh, or Angelico and uh, uh, uh Oh my God, Jack Evans. How did I forget Jack Evans? That dude jumps off of everything. <laughs> um, I, I, I think this was a great opportunity because you, everyone knows, and I think that's the mistake a lot of people in wrestling media are making. We know how good Kenny Omega is. We know how good the Young Bucks are. Mm-hmm. They don't need to be on top, but they can use that platform to make other people look good. WWE has a roster of 300 wrestlers. If it's the same five guys you're fighting over on a draft, that means the other 295 people don't mean as much. With AEW, I think they're doing a good job of building everyone up so you know how important each wrestler is. Darby Allen at the end of that show looked as good at as uh, Private Party did at the beginning. And so I'm, I'm really excited about it. Jericho's promo, where he got to prove a guy who could talk so doesn't good. need notes. So and good. he shut the crowd down. He put He got over jake hager more than i could ever have imagined because when him talking about jake hager i'm like okay that dude i'll get behind the maga we the people fool that he was in in wwe if that's not him if he's just gonna be a sociopath that you're heavy mm-hmm. I, that's him i'm with you 
you took Sammy Guevara like Jericho, you know, that that goes back to my idea, like, uh, you know, working at Pitt, working in cross-cultural leadership development, working with diversity and inclusion, equity and justice. Uh, you know, when people say diversity, the easiest thing to say is black. Mm-hmm. When I see, you know, I want to I, w- I would love to fan a black wrestler in the inner circle, but you got three Latino wrestlers and then a white dude like you, we haven't seen that. And they're unapologetically like I love LAX or, you know, San Antonio Ortiz so yeah. they don't get sued. They are unapologetically <laughs> New York, Puerto Rican. Like that's it. That's who they are. Proud and powerful. And so you got that squad. And that's a pretty, you know, you got a good tag team. You got a good heavy. You got a good lightweight guy. And then you got the champ. Like you got every avenue covered. And then you see what was going on with Dustin. Dustin was a good, like, veteran hand to kind of be in the background, help his brother. You got uh, the ladies doing their thing. You know, the dark, apparently the dark match they had that's going to be on uh, 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 AEW Dark with uh, Cody, not Cody, I'm sorry, Kenny Omega and uh, Joey Janela was apparently, like, off the chain. So, like, just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. That's all I have to say about them. Um. I've been really enjoying it, and I've been telling you know, the people that I have tried to get into it because, you know, a lot of the people, a lot of my friends, they don't know a lot of the wrestlers in AEW, and I'm just, like, telling them, you got to give it a chance. They're trying to grow, trying to build their characters, build the stories. And this week was just awesome because, okay, you, you got a, a heavy faction now. You just built a faction. And I think right after he cut that promo, I think I was on Twitter, and it was already the picture up with, with them with their T-shirts on. And I was like, Wow. That looks like a group. That actually looks like a group. Because after last week, I was like, uh, we'll see how it goes. But it was just like, man, they pop. Maybe it's because they were wearing all the same little T-shirt of the Inner Circle yeah. T-shirt. But it was, I was like, oh, yeah, this is a group. And I think I was having a, yeah, I was having a conversation with Brandon last week. And I said, is it that Cody and the Bucks and Omega are super aware of social media? They know everybody's saying, you know, oh, all they're going to do is book their sales. That, that was the big thing before it started. All they're going to do is put the titles on their sales and make their sales over. And I think they're super aware of that. But you just made a great point that, like the Bucks, they don't have to do that. Everybody in that arena know who the uh, young Bucks pretty much were. Or at least I'm going to say 90 to 95% of those people in that arena knew who the new uh, young Bucks are. Kenny Omega, it's not a real big issue if he doesn't get pushed right now. I think they need to do a little more with him because I think he I think ultimately he can be the biggest star in the company. I mean, either him or Moxley or maybe Cody at this point, because the responses Cody gets from the crowd is amazing. Um, But, yeah, I, at first I thought it was just no, they're just super aware. But now I'm starting to think of them more like you said. It's just like, nah, they kind of, you know, they're over. You're going to know who they are. There's no reason for yeah, them to, 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 you know, oh, they don't have to push themselves and 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 because it's better for them to get the private party off, party off because three months from now, that's a whole different looking match. Now it's it's, it's anticipated, you, you know, because right. the, the private party gonna get better. They gonna have more wins. They gonna have more losses. They are gonna have more feuds. Probably same as Young Bucks. Who knows where you know that match that, that next next match may be like? It may be amazing, and it's going to be better because now you're you're actually really growing with the private party now. 
It's not just like, oh, I got that one promo from them. Now, no, you got promos, you got matches. Now you have a catalog. Now you have some understanding of who they are. So I feel like they're going in the um, right direction. Uh, AEW is a whole right now. Now, I would say I would like, a, you know, some black guys on the uh, men's men's. Oh, yeah. Uh, Darius Lockhart. But, <laughs> you know, I would yes. like to see people like him and others. They're still out there on the indies that hopefully Cody and those guys will eventually sign. And, you know, when I did the questionnaire with them during the press conference and then later with Cody during his conference call, I'm not doing it because I that's my gimmick. I'm not doing it because I want, you know, I want the, the, the light on me. I want the questions on record so that if things happen, you see the happening. If it doesn't happen, you see that, too. Case in point, when I did that and then Black Re- uh, uh, Black Excellence put out their list of the 250 black independent wrestlers, I tweeted that at Cody because he said, send it to me. A couple of days ago, I don't know if you saw that on Twitter. Yeah, I think one I of the wrestlers on the list was like, oh, man, Cody don't know me. And he meanwhile, he had you. If you look at the picture in Twitter, he's meeting with Cody. It's a picture of them like shaking oh, hands uh, or something. Chris Bay. I think it's yeah. like Chris Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Chris Bay. And then right after that, Cody responded to him with the Cody ears gif that he uses from being the elite. And people were losing their minds. Like, that's all you need. And a lot of folks were like, well, you know, they're MAGA EW and all this other stuff and trying to get, you know, I always give Cam a hard time because he, he's all about the jokes and the facts. But a lot of folks take it just as, nah, 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 this is the man. I was like, listen, Cody Rhodes grew up in a house where his dad copied Thunderbolt Patterson with one of the best black wrestlers of his era and readily admitted that it wasn't like he hit it. It's not like he was trying to do a vanilla ice. Well, he did it on the two and I did it on the four. So I shouldn't feel like I got to give credit. No, Dusty readily admitted I borrowed from black men and I did it because they knew I knew it's a business I was trying to get over. He hung out with guys like Randy Orton, all these other white dudes, and it wasn't a thing. It's just who you who your circle is. Mm-hmm. And he even was open enough to like I I peeped it to be honest, Jeff, when he mentioned when he told his wife he doesn't see color, and she's like, then you don't see me. Mm-hmm. Cody thought and thinks, and I don't want to I don't you know I don't want to speak for this man, but yeah. I, I, my opinion was, and that's why I brought it up. In the circles he's in, he didn't see it because he wasn't looking for it. And not looking for it isn't always a bad, negative thing. It's just ignorance. And so if I give you a treasure map and you don't go looking for the treasure, that's a you thing. But if you never knew there was a treasure to find, that's a me thing for not working with you instead of assume. And that's the educator in me. I'm never going to assume somebody's doing something with malice. Unless they have a track. You you show me different. Like WWE, you show me different. Every black wrestler you get has to have some, you know, they can't be a three-dimensional. They're a half dimension, if that, for most things. You show me that. I see it. I keep note of it. With AEW, there's nothing to see yet. So for me, I with him doing that and then seeing some of the people they're talking with and hopefully, you know, Scorpio Sky. I always harp on Scorpio Sky because people sell that man short. He's the only black trainee from the New Japan Dojo. That alone is all I need to hear. I remember seeing his matches in uh, when he was wrestling in PWG. So I'm just like, right. this guy's really good. <laughs> like, and he's gonna get the he's gonna get a chance to do it because you know even the subtle thing. I don't know if you paid attention to the first episode when they decided SCU members it was gonna be the addiction that go in as the designated tag team for 
the tournament, which frees him up for the duration of the tournament to start doing some singles matches. You know, I never paid attention to that. I never paid attention to that until you just told me now. Wow. So, well, that's one good thing to look forward to, hopefully, if they, uh, you know. Decide yeah, and, if, and then if you don't see him, if he's just on the side, then, okay, now we got something. Why isn't Scorpio Sky getting his run? But if we see him, because we just saw them set up a number one contender match, secret, lo and behold, we got one set for November for full gear, but then we just have one set up for next week. So who's to say between now and full gear or after full gear, we're not going to see Scorpio or uh, Sonny or someone else set up to be in a position where they've got a number one contender match because of the wins they've had on Dark or in the first couple of matches of AEW Dynamite proper. So for me, I'm just waiting. Because Tony Khan said, wait to the end of the year, and if I'm not doing what I said I'm doing, as a person of color running a wrestling company, call me out. I'm like, okay, noted. I had the noted, you know, I'm like a homeboy from the office. <laughs> Write it in the notebook. Wait. Yeah. yeah. You know, another thing about um, AEW, what I've, well, what I've noticed is that mm-hmm. I'm not sure if Triple H down at NXT is booking do okay, do you feel like he's booking to affect the ratings of AEW nah. this week? Just this week, not last week. Last week, of course he was. Well, what about this week? This week I think he's back to business as new. I think honestly, they thought, and and again, this is me speaking, not like as a torch representative, but me just looking at this stuff as a wrestling fan and being logical about mm-hmm. it. Uh, I thought it was kind of like when you and Shahid were talking about Rocky uh four. Mm-hmm. Like, they thought that they were going to get him out by the second round. Like, bop, bop, and thanks for playing. It was cute that you thought you could step to us. Like, they basically gave us a takeover last week as an episode of NXT. Mm-hmm. And then instead, they got the, you know, by the time they had to send that memo out, they were like, Drago's like, he is like iron. <laughs> like, how, like what happened? Like, how did, the, like, I turned around and bip. I'm I'm on the floor. What, what what is this? And so and that thing for me, like looking at AEW last week, that wasn't like a super episode. Like that was just good introduction. They mm-hmm. didn't have anybody do promos. We had a women's title match that was good, not great, good. And but like Cam said, most of the great wrestling was on NXT, yep. but they still beat them by five hundred thousand people. Even this week, they went both went down a little bit, but they still beat them by four hundred thousand people. It's oh, it's interesting because I'm almost subject to believe AEW has at least stuff written out to full gear, maybe longer. Yeah, and they're just going, nope, we're not changing nothing. Nope, we're gonna go do. We're doing A, B, C, D. Nope, we're going steady because there's no need for us to react when right. there's no need to react. We don't have to get super like over overdo overbook a show and they have nothing left for a pay-per-view in which I think they're banking a lot on their uh pay-per-views being that I guess I believe this would have four or six four year. four so that's and I think they're thinking too I, I okay are you paying fifty dollars four times a year for to watch their pay-per-views I well see I'm different because I'll probably go to most of them if it's like relatively close and go representing the torch. So mm-hmm. I am paying Jack. Okay. <laughs> but if I had to, I gotta be honest, I probably couldn't afford to pay two hundred. I would love to support. I'd probably see like 
I'd probably see like two of them, but I probably couldn't see myself paying for four, especially with all the other things I have, like like the Disney. Like in in a month, I already paid for three years of Disney Plus, oh, and man. yeah, because they had a deal for D twenty three members where if I paid one forty up front, that's for three years. Oh man. I- I wish I would have known about that. I would have, I would have went ahead and just I put it my three years. They still got it. They oh, still they got it. If you go, if yeah, if you go on D twenty three or if you uh, just search Disney Plus uh, subscription deal, they still have it. So oh. it's not like they like money. You know okay. the mouse. The mouse. The mouse likes that money. That's all I needed to know. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm hearing a lot of things like, like everybody's saying. Well, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, it's just two hundred dollars, and I'm just like, yeah, that's easy for you to say if yeah. you're single or. You know, mm-hmm. like I know me and you, we both have family, so it's kind of like nah, that's a different conversation. Yeah, yeah. Maybe here and there, like I'm not even sure I'm getting full gear right now. I'm just like, eh, maybe. Yeah. I'm not sure, but um, right. Because I, I'm thinking that their big pay per view will be what in the summer, in August or September. It'll be that. Yeah, one. that'll be all out. That'll yeah. be all out Labor Day. So that's what I'm thinking. I think and I'm gonna you- skip this one, but who knows. And you know the big thing that is going to hurt them most. It isn't the ratings because they've proven they can do that. Mm-hmm. They've al- WWE has already said, Triple H has already said, and he did it in his Triple H way where he's like, I don't know what you mean. I'm not competing with anybody. I just happen to randomly decide that we're not going to have NXTs tied to the big four events. We're going to have our events at times to be named later, which might accidentally be when you have to choose between paying 50 bucks to watch an AEW pay-per-view or you can watch theirs for free on the network. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, hey, as a as a businessman, I get it, you know. You, yeah. You got to do what you got to do, but okay. And yeah. I was I So was... that's why, you know, that's going for throats. That's that Drago mentality. Like you are trying to break them because they realize what happens if they get a foothold. If AEW gets a foothold, you got to keep like as you, you you know, we hadn't talked about it, but um and in the pre-show, but look at all the folks of color that went home mm-hmm. and now are back on television and in prominent roles. Mm-hmm. If there was no AEW, it would have been uppity Sasha, uppity Leo. Y'all just stay home, learn from Big Daddy Vince. He didn't teach you right. You you didn't behave. N- nope. Came back. Prominent roles. Got a little good old, a little extra cash in the uh, checkbook. And uh, you know, thanks for thanks for your service. Yeah, AEW really really changed things. And I'm not so sure. That, you know, well, it needed to be changed. There's most definitely yeah. need to be changed. But I think it's going to be more change to come after this. I'm not sure what. I just feel like something else is going to drop. Something else is going to happen where WWE is going to have to change. I don't know what it may be because I think I was as I was watching <clears throat> Raw Monday, it just hit me. I was just like, why am I watching? This is really a boring show. Yeah. It was really just boring. And I'm like, I get it, a draft happening. Things will be different next week. But I'm just like. The way that it feels to me right now is good. It feels it's starting to feel like that you're going to be able to skip a show, where whether that's Raw or whether that's SmackDown. I guess that's up to the you know whoever you are and what what you like. But I just feel like one of those shows eventually is going to be able just to be like, ah, eh, no, I'm good without it because it's just so much good stuff out there. Like I fell off watching MLW, 
And I didn't yeah. I purposely. It was just like it was just so much wrestling happened. I was just like, oh man, how did I just you know I'm three four episodes behind. How did this happen? Um, it. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> and and it's, it it makes me remember now. I got so into progress where. I think I was just like gobbling it up, and I got you, you had told me you said, hey, "Just start from the beginning," and you know, if that's what you want to do. And I was just like, "Yeah, that's what I did too." And then I, I wasn't, making, <laughs> I was not making a dent, so I just had to had to start skipping around here and there. Yeah, you find the matches. Yeah, just looking at stuff like that, and I was just like, "Okay, I think I've had enough of this." I had to pull that because I was like, "I got to get ready to pay for another streaming service that's coming up." But now that I know about uh. This 140 deal, I might can get back progress, but I don't know now because, like, like I said, I just watched NWA and I really enjoyed that show because it took me back to that time of, uh, you know, the studio shows, your Rick, you know, uh, Saturday night. Yeah, that was awesome, man. Like, I like I said, I was burned out, so I didn't watch it live, but you know, like the 605 everybody was doing on the YouTube, mm-hmm. but holy crap, when I got to watch it, and I got to sit down and listen to Magnus drop that verbal just nuke as an NWH, like, I, man, every Jeff, every second of that, every word he said, like, every, it was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, and I was like, this is a, and it's it's so light, like it's not heavy, but it's good and it's enjoyable. If you now, and I don't know how you feel about Jim Cornette, everybody, but it is what it is with him. But other than that, I'm just like, oh yeah, I'm I'm gonna be watching the uh, the next one. Yeah, I mean, just even the dude like doing the thing with uh, Tim Storm and him talking about how he's just. You know, this is my last shot, and his desperation. It was just so good. It was so good. I was just so impressed with the presence of Nick Aldis. And I'm, I'm like, I get NWA has him signed, mm-hmm. but I'm like, how is this man not in the main event on Raw just talking people down and telling them how? Because he's, he's got the body, he's got the wrestling ability, he's got the talking ability, he's got everything Vince McMahon would want. But then I think they also have Drew Galloway, and they're not doing anything with him. So, what's the point? Yeah. Because <laughs> Drew, in the Indies, was doing the same thing. Yeah, which is, how did you get Drew back? And <sighs> Listen, again, if folks want to get a chance, if you go and you look at the old Evolve shows around like four years ago, maybe five years ago, him and Drew Galloway, Drew Galloway and Johnny Gargano had a team that they jokingly called NXT and TNA because obviously Johnny was in NXT. Galloway at the time had been champion in TNA and they became Evolve Tag Champions. And then Johnny got signed and was on his way out. And so Galloway started bullying them basically. So these guys had a series of matches. And when you look at the size differential between Johnny Gargano and Drew Galloway, you would think this ain't going to be nothing but like that Kofi wash, but they <laughs> made it look good. They made it look real good. And it was from the perspective of Galloway was like, I'm trying to save you from yourself. Don't go there. And then he gets to WWE and we thought he was going to be awesome. He was all great in NXT. Mm-hmm. Then you bring him up to the main roster and it's like, 
Yeah, sometimes that main roster is just uh, just keep me in NXT. <laughs> well, look at Finn Balor. Homeboy took some time off, got married, came back. Now he's getting regular paychecks, but he's in NXT and loving life. Yeah, I would. I just like uh, it's just I'm always worried because I'm just like Triple H is what in his fifties now. If he's in yeah. his fifties and Vince is still there, like he's in his creative prime right now, and he's not wasting away because he's helping, you know. But it's just like I think he could really change that main roster for the better. And I, yeah. you know, I get it. You know, you got. Paul and you got Eric, and I guess you know if it if, if anything went bad, they didn't want to to fall on Triple H. I guess, but yeah, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Now I got a question for you. Now who do you what what who do you think or what promotion do you think or what promotions do you think will take uh, NXT's spot on the network? Because they have to be putting another promotion like Evolve or Progress, right, on a network. Well, I think they've been rumored for years, the packages. And so putting Evolve on their Progress, WXW, because they've already started by the end of the year, they've made the edict that if you're signed to NXT UK or NXT slash WWE proper, you won't be able to work in any of the other independents in the United Kingdom or Europe at all. So because of that, I think that sets the stage for having that much content you need to produce. Because if you look, they don't have television for NXT UK. It's just on the network. They claim they were going to do it, but then once World of Sport went under, they're like, eh, we're good. And so, and you know, as a side, I think they thought AEW was going to be another World of Sport. Couple of weeks on TV, crush it, move on to the next. Uh, so with all those wrestlers and all that content, why not throw it on the network, have some fun with it, do a tier, just kind of like Disney Plus is doing, where if you want to add Hulu, if you want to add ESPN, you can kind of have this all mag- mega like combo thing and then go from there. Uh, but that's where I see it going. Yeah, I think I read something uh, somewhere where they were saying it was going to be uh, sort of like it was going to be a tier, like a basic. And I guess the basic would be what we have now. Uh, mm-hmm. a mid and then an ultimate pack. So I guess it was like three tiers that you would ultimately have. And I'm just thinking like, well, what would that be? Like, especially like just the mid, what would that be? What would the middle be? Would it be like one promotion or would they change it up and be like, oh, the ultimate pack, you get all the pay-per-views or, you know, I just feel like they're going to, they're going to try to get, you know, as much money as they can. So I can't see them kind of doing something like that. Oh, to get the takeovers, you got to at least have the mid. I don't know. It just feels like, Things are going to be shaken up pretty soon when it comes to that, because I got a lot of a lot of people saying, "No, I'm fine with my nine ninety nine. Right, <laughs> like that's their budget. They're not going. You know, it's like I get what I get for this, and if I don't like it, you know, then I guess I just won't have the network no more. And that's how I got to play it. Like you know, like I said, I got you know, I got my budget for comics. I got my budget for my TV shows and things on demand. And you know, if I want to go see a movie, but if things start stretching one way or the other i don't i don't i don't know if i'm gonna swing some stuff like that 50 dollars and 60 dollars for a pay-per-view <laughs> i just wish they would have just said 30 i could i might be right there with you <laughs> yeah 30 between that 25 30 i'm like okay nah, i don't like it but i can swing it 
fifty bucks. Man, I ain't paid fifty bucks for you know, all in was fine, but I didn't think it was gonna keep on being like this. Right. But uh in closing, uh I guess we could talk about this. Did you get a chance to watch the uh, Kashida and Walter match from last night? I did. Oh my gosh, I did. That was awesome. I was so happy that Kushida finally got this type of match on NXT because I just felt like he was kind of drifting and he he was having solid matches, but he didn't have that match where I knew where if people saw him, they'd be like, yo, this guy's insane. I want to see more of his stuff. And last night I was just so happy he got that match and Walter may have had another Match of the year <laughs> again, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I was just so happy. That I, I thought it was an awesome match. Um, kudos to both of them. And man, Walter can just come in, and I guess next thing you know, he will come to the main roster have a match of the year at this rate. Yeah, one of UK now NXT. Yeah, come on to the main roster and have another uh, match of the year candidate. Yeah, do it, man. Let him. And I love the fact that Walter is like such a G that he can go up there when everybody else is fiending for a sign in from WWE. They were fiending him. And he's like, nah, I don't I don't leave Europe. I don't leave Germany unless I want to leave. But I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay here. And they're like, bet. Here's the money. And so (laughs) he shows up when he wants, goes back to Germany, calls it a day. And I appreciate that because he he wanted the bag, but he wasn't going to let him get pulled into the bag. Yeah, like he really pretty much he pretty much got to dictate. This is what I want. This is what I want to do. And anything else is I'm not gonna do it. I mean, can you like? It's just a whole different wrestling landscape right now. Five what ten years ago? No, five years ago he probably couldn't say that. He probably couldn't dictate that. He was like, "Hey, you gonna mm-hmm. do it our way?" Or no, you're not doing it. Oh man, it was just like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Um. Okay, so me and Shahid have been talking about this for the last two months, and we'll we'll end with this. How do you okay. feel about <laughs> how do you feel about Street Profits Raw and Street Profits mm-hmm. NXT? Mm-mm. No. Okay. So Street Profits, I've, I've been on it, and and Bruce said it. I agree. I've been using it before he used it, and then I feel like on on Raw. They turn into the crows from Dumbo, where it's just like Vince McMahon's version of what he thinks black people talk about. Whereas they are the chill, cool dudes on NXT. They've always been, and for the people, by the people, not we the people. Okay. Uh, and that's that's what I love. I love them on NXT. I want them to bring that to Raw. But when they start like having my man get horned up for like every white woman that's on Raw's roster. That has like a semblance of hips, like is is it's it's it's. Uh, I'm just glad they had enough respect for Montez's marriage that he isn't in that role because that would be yeah. very frustrating to me, especially seeing what they're doing now with Lashley. Because Lashley could be what they're doing with Jake Hager on AEW. We've seen it in Impact, and I think last yeah. time when you first were doing your podcast, we talked about that. Yeah. He, I want Lashley to be a killer that just wrecks dudes. He doesn't have to have this stupid stuff. Yeah, and you know that's uh, it's just why, why, why is this happening? Right, like, like if if Lana and Ru, you know Rusev want to do it, fine, okay, cool, whatever. 
But did right. it have to be Lashley? <laughs> like, it couldn't have been somebody right. else on the roster. Did he just? Ha- but think about Lana. Like Cam joke. Like is Lana is is Lana lost to the streets? Because every <laughs> couple of years they do this with her. Yeah, they do, and he's just. I don't know. I guess I feel a certain type of way just being married. So it's just like, no. If yeah. I was married, I'm not doing this. We're no, we're not doing this. Find something else, or we'll just sit here, or whatever it may be. This is just because yeah. sometimes, and we know how the wrestling business can be. Yeah, <laughs> you know, kayfabe or whatever can you know, things can happen. Things can happen, and what you see on TV can start playing out. <laughs> in the wrong way and you don't want that stuff to happen because I was shocked that they even had did the thing um, on the Smackdown carpet where they were together you know yeah I mean even the thing with like you know even in movies like I'm not approved by any means but I feel like there's a certain level of respect one should show uh, a relationship like not just the man because I think they look at it very much from the idea of Oh, you're gonna let your wife do that? But I think even like putting her in a position where she's gotta take her top off and be in bed with this dude, like that's a lot, man. Like this, I gotta roll up on you. You know what I mean? Like, cause Lashley's married, his wife might be looking. I'm thinking from that perspective, like she's gonna be like, oh, so this is what's happening. <laughs> I just find it funny that, and you know. You know, I'm looking sideways at poor uh, 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 Rockstar Spud because, you know, sooner or later, they're going to try to do the same thing with his wife. And I'm hoping that they can kind of just say, nah, we're good. Yeah. Especially as a woman of color. Yeah. Because. I thought to be like to be like if I got to be that guy, I don't think Vince figured that part out yet. Well, I made it through almost an hour and. I did not go almost two hours this time because I got a lot of heat for that. (laughs) So we're going to close it out tonight. And before we close it out again, Rich, tell people where they can find you on social media. Absolutely. You can find the shows uh, at East Coast Cast uh, or you can find me at Rich underscore fan. Or you could also, I have a new show coming out with Travis Bryant where we cover Damon Dust, uh, which is the new dark material show on HBO, D-Dust Pod. Uh, so that's going to be at D-Dust Podcast. And uh, yeah, hit me up on any of those pertinents and I'll be happy to chat with you. And if you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me at Jeff versus the World on Twitter and Facebook. And if you got any questions or comments, you can leave at Jeff versus the World at Yahoo.com. And as I have a new signing out, Rich, I got one thing to tell you. I am definitely not Dave. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>